Hey guys, thanks for tuning back into Truth Radio, a podcast station dedicated to bringing the body of Christ together through the Word of God, prayer, and testimony. On Truth Radio, we don't allow our past to define who we are, but we allow the Word of God to show us who we are in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's begin. Thanks for tuning back in. This is Joey. Uh, We're going to jump right into Matthew 12 today. So please pause this if you need to. Go grab your Bibles. Get a cup of coffee. Do whatever it is that you got to do before we just focus on the Word of God and what it is instructing us to do in our daily lives. Until then, I'm going to pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you sent your Son to come and die for us for our sins. And Lord, may we begin to resemble and and amplify who you are in not only our families, but in our churches and in our communities, Lord. May we resemble your son. Lord, as we open up to Matthew 12 today, there is a lot of meaty scripture that we're going to get into, Lord. So may we obtain something new from it. May it refresh our souls and may we apply it to our lives in a meaningful, holy way. We pray this in your son, Jesus is beautiful and precious name. Amen. All right, jumping right into it, guys. 12.1. I don't know if you guys have titles in your Bible mindset, Sabbath questions. Uh, So we're just going to go title to title, uh, starting in one. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is... Um, not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry and his companions? How he entered the house of God and how they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but with the pre- but for the priests alone? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that there is something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion, not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the innocent. That's kind of, I feel like Jesus, I think time and time again, as the, the more I truly look into the word of God, um, you could almost hear his tone as you read it out loud. And it's not necessarily, it's, yeah, you know what? It is a, it's a, it's a holy anger. It's a righteous anger. Like, who do you think that you are? I love you to death, but who do you think you are? Like, I don't know. That's just, that, that to me speaks volumes. Just, if you really listen to the tone that Jesus uses um, while reading the word. All right, verse eight. For the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Departing from there, he went into the synagogue their synagogue. And a man was there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus asking, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? And he said to them, what man is there among you who has a sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, he will not take hold of it and lift it out. How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to them, stretch out your hand, or said to him, 
to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed him, and he healed them all, and warned them not to tell anyone who he was. This was to fill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out, until he leads justice to victory. And in his names, the Gentiles will have hope. You see, what happened is the Pharisees started to make all these laws that honestly were there to control the people, to control the crowds and the population and the peoples. And, and so what Jesus pretty much did is he came and he, he turned everything upside down while fulfilling the law. But the Pharisees were trying to attack him and question every little thing that he did and blame him for this and blame him for that. And what Jesus would do is he would use scripture and history and own their laws that they made and use it and turn it kind of around against them. And it's just like, I like how he says it in 11 and 12. And he said to them, being the Pharisees, what man is there among you who has a sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, Will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. You know, in other Gospels, I believe in Mark, it actually says when Jesus has um, said to the man to stretch out his hand, he did it, he actually said it with anger. He was upset with what the Pharisees were trying to manipulate and try to do. And in anger, he's like, stretch out your hand. And he did it and he was healed. I mean, it's just, it blows your mind and it kind of gives you an idea of what a righteous anger is. Because here's a man who's completely blameless and innocent and just trying to heal and trying to help. But these Pharisees at this point in Jesus' ministry and in his life were realizing that they were about to lose complete control and power over people. So what they tried to do was turn everything against Christ. They tried to find blame and fault in his teachings, so they had a reason to kill him. I think this version says, um, hold on one they conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. Other translations say kill. Other translations say murder. Let's pick up in 22 here. So after all that, <laughs> that, a, that a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus. And he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw all the crowds were amazed and were saying, This man could not be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man cast out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself 
is laid to waste, and any city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I, by Beelzebul, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, any sin or blasphemy shall be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speaks a word against the Holy Spirit, shall not be forgiven to him, either in this age or in the ages to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit is bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out which is filled with the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. The Desire for Signs Verse 38 Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered them and said, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh, excuse me, The men of Nineveh will stand up with the generation at judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Now when the unclean spirit goes out from a man, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, and does not find it. So then he says to himself, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and they live there. And at last, and the last state, that man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will also be with this evil generation. I just want to kind of jump back and talk about some of this, you guys. 
First of all, the unpardonable sin, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. This is a topic that has come up a lot in my life over the last month or two. You know, what does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? And here is um, something that I've kind of pulled away from this, and by no means is this the right or the wrong answer. But it is something that um, I have found peace in because I'm somebody, if you guys have heard my testimony, had a chance to listen to that yet, I'm somebody who most definitely thought that I was in that I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. There's no hope for me. Why even come back? And it was such a lie from the enemy because I was still hearing the Holy Spirit. I was still feeling that pull and that tug on my heart, even in the middle of my mess of um, a, a identity crisis and in the middle of witchcraft and sorcery and demonic stuff, the Lord was still calling me. The Lord was still pulling me. Even though there was denouncing that happened in the middle of my mess and in the middle of my sin. Here, here's the thing. When we reject correction, I mean, you think about another name for the Holy Spirit is, is helper, and that's how Jesus actually describes what the Holy Spirit is, not the Holy Spirit, but who Holy Spirit is. He's our helper. So when we deny him, when we deny the Holy Spirit and his power in helping us, in growing us, in pruning us, in shaping us into the righteous character of Christ that we were all born with. To me, that is when we reject the Holy Spirit. We reject his love. We reject correction because the most three dangerous words any person could say, I got this, you know? So that's what I wanted to touch on for that. If you look in verses 33 to 37, it talks about our words, how that will be something that we um, will be judged by. And if you look into 37, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. See, there's something that really reveals our Christian character by the words that leave our mouth. There is power in the tongue. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And and there's a reason for that. Watch what we say to each other. Even in a joking manner, we need to be careful. We need to be on guard um, about what comes out of our mouth. You know, and if it's something that you struggle with, even if it's cussing, ask God for a filter. Ask the Lord to train you on how to Speak only life-giving things. And then we look into verses 38 through 50, where Jesus talks about this generation that really wants a sign from God. They want a sign from God. They want miracles. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been in that group before of like, hey, Jesus, prove yourself to me. And here's the truth, guys. He doesn't need to prove himself to us at all. That's just not, that's not how it is. So he just, he backs up who he is by saying, I am more than Jonah from Nineveh. I am more than Solomon. He is, I am. 
He is everything. Jumping into verse 46 here before we finish up. While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. And someone said to him, Behold, your mother and your brother, brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, he is my brother, my sister, and my mother. You guys, I hope you're able to pick something up from this today. I hope that maybe you learned something new and maybe you were refreshed on something that isn't so new for you. But as we go about our daily lives, we think about how can we apply this to our lives today. And the one word that comes to my heart as I read chapter 12 is obedience. Through obedience, um, we accept Christ for who he is, his teachings for who they are. Through obedience, the words that come out of our mouths will build up and edify the body of God. They obey, we obey the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I just, as we come to a time of closing now, Lord, I pray that you teach us to surrender completely and may obedience be at the top of our mind. Obedience to what the Word of God calls us to do. Obedience to those in authority over our lives. Lord, we just pray for every single listener. God, I just pray an outpouring and a refreshing of who you are in their lives, Lord. May there be accelerated growth. Keep them safe. And I just I pray this in your son's beautiful and precious name. Until next time, guys, this is Joey with Truth Radio.